Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week, we are celebrating the feast of the baptism of our Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. I probably am one of the few people here who can remember my baptism. Most of you were probably baptized as as small children, maybe even as babies, um, and don't remember it. But I I remember mine, and it, it was not that long ago. All of you, yep, all of you have been a Christian longer than me, I'm willing to bet. Even Maddie back there, who's like only 17. So... I remember that day kind of only vaguely, right? It's like kind of a blur. It was a big sort of festive day. It was the the great vigil of Easter, and there were about nine of us being baptized that night, and I was the last of the group to go. I wore a blue shirt with a yellow tie. That's really about what I can remember. Um, And everybody saying amen, you know, when the baptism occurred. It was wonderful, it was beautiful, it was festive. There was a, a crowd of people in a, in a quiet church with lots of candles and, and beautiful music. And it was, it was everything you would want a baptism to be. I still have my, the little candle they give you. You know, it's all drippy and waxy and doesn't fit in the box anymore. But, but, you know, I have all that. And I have a beautiful certificate that hangs in my office. And it was wonderful. But the first baptism I ever did wasn't like that at all. It was in a hospital. 
and it was in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. And it was for a little boy who had been born at like 21 weeks. And he was struggling and not doing well. And they expected that this little boy probably wasn't going to survive. But his parents wanted him to be baptized. And so they called me in the middle of the night. I was on call at the hospital as the chaplain. And, and I go up to the NICU. And the family is gathered around. And this little boy in the incubator... And his name was Israel. <laughs> so the first baptism I ever did was, was for Israel, which I always thought was kind of interesting. And so they took the baby out of the incubator, and this is the first time the mother had ever got to hold her baby, little Israel. And we baptized him with the water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and, and the grandparents and everybody was there, and it was very weepy, kind of like I am right now this moment. And it was, it was beautiful in its own way, but it wasn't festive in the way that my baptism had been. And probably like many of your baptisms were when your parents and godparents came at whatever church you were a part of and, and made that happen for you. And when Israel was baptized and his mother held him for the very first and the very last time because he died later that night. And I've often, you know, made me really think long and hard about what is it we think we are doing at baptism. Right? Because a lot of people they think of faith as as a kind of insurance policy, right? If I'm if I do everything right and I'm right by God and and I you know I'm baptized and I'm one of the saved, I'm going to be okay. But as we all know, baptism is not a preventative for the difficult things that happen in life. And it certainly doesn't prevent death. Now hopefully we'll all be like Francis and be ninety-nine and look like we're seventy. But some people are like little Israel who never really get a chance to have a life at all. And yet all of us from, from a few days old to nearly a century are, are brought together in the body of Christ in this mysterious rite we call baptism. Now, baptism is a sacrament. In fact, it's one of the two sacraments that Jesus gives us, baptism and holy communion. And then we remember that a baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inner and spiritual grace. Which is to say, I think that in a sacrament, and, and Israel really helped me to understand this, that in a sacrament, we aren't really doing anything. It's not a magical incantation. It's not some mysterious ritual where, where if I throw water on somebody and say the right words, everything's going to be good for them. Because the truth of a sacrament is that, that when we perform the sacramental rite, we are making something visible that was already present. That in each of us, the Holy Spirit resides. And in, in baptism, we proclaim that publicly. Right? That that in baptism we show the world our trust and hope and faith in our God by believing that God's Holy Spirit 
resides within us. And that we hope that in baptism, in the promises we make, that, that the child or the adult that is baptized can grow in understanding their own understanding that the Holy Spirit resides within them. That's the promises we make at baptism, that we will turn away from evil, that we will turn towards Christ, and, and for children, that we will raise them in the faith, that they will have an understanding of who God is, what Christ has done, and what promises God has made for us. Because even though little Israel only lasted a couple of weeks in his life, he is no less in the kingdom of God than one who has lived a hundred years. That in baptism we are somehow mysteriously bound together. Each of us, we, we realize in baptism that we are dependent upon one another, that none of us are, are wholly independent actors with full agency of our own to do as we feel, but that we depend on one another. We need one another. And at the heart of what Jesus has to teach us, it is that, that we need one another and that the world needs us working together. That's why we are called into Christian faith and the Christian community so that we might come to this place. And just like baptism is a promise that a proclamation that the Holy Spirit is present within us. When we come together as Christian community, as the gathering of the baptized, the gathering of those who have proclaimed the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that the Holy Spirit may animate us and embolden us and encourage us to be like Jesus and to walk fearlessly in the world proclaiming the truth that God is present that there is another way, not the way of, of selfish, greedy humanity, but the way of God, of a giving and loving and grace-filled God that animates the whole world and that wants to be present in our lives, is already present in our lives. And that we can choose to follow the guiding star of our God, or we can walk away. But God will always be there present and willing and inviting us to come back, to remember the truth of the Holy Spirit's present within us so that we can make a difference in this world, that we can build the kingdom of God and live in that kingdom in the here and the now. Baptism is not necessarily about something that's going to happen to us after we die. Baptism is a proclamation of our belief in the power of hope in this world, in the power of transformation in the here and the now. That baptism is a loud proclamation that God reigns, that hope is a powerful engine of transformation and that we will cling to that hope and to the promises of our God no matter what. What I'd like to do today is I invite you to open up your prayer books, and I would like to invite all of us to renew our baptismal vows 
in the baptismal covenant of our church, beginning on page 304. You can open your prayer books to page 304. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? The Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people? and respect the dignity of every human being. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Children